You're listening to Ed Curation, the podcast where teachers talk curriculum. We make it easier for educators to find the resources they need to create fresh, lively, and authentic learning. Welcome, Anita. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about your history. How long have you been working in education? I actually began teaching in 1975, and I'm actually now retired from teaching. My last job was teaching special education, reading English. It was a high school level, and now I'm teaching on the Internet. And what are you teaching on the Internet? There are a lot of people I found out. I've got a a Facebook page on the Internet for the sounds of words, and because of that, I've gathered a lot of international students and teachers of English, and they all want to know more about English. So I have a group chat on Facebook, and I answer their questions about English, and we discuss English. Other things come up, but that's what I do constantly. That sounds exciting. What is it that you like about continue? You've been teaching a long time, obviously. Now you're teaching English learners online. What keeps you engaged in this field? Well, in 1979, I had the opportunity to work with someone. I started developing a learning strategy for decoding words. It teaches students to do the decoding with pencil and paper or marker, whiteboard, or chalkboard, which is not used much anymore. The students can begin with the words written spelling and then use a strategy to discover and write for themselves the word sound spelling. So using this strategy, they're able to see the pronunciation, the sound spelling. They're able to say it because we've worked with it. And they're able to then look at the word that they didn't know and read the word. And therefore, this is done with hearing, saying, writing, seeing, and reading the sounds of words. And that's my book. And there's a lot of information about this on learntoreadnow.com. So can you give me an example with a particular word? Okay, well, it's interesting. We're throwing around the words, wash your hands often, (laughs) right now. Mm -hmm. So look at the word wash. Your decoding center and my decoding center was able to make the difference between the spelling of that word and the sound of that word. But if people have problems, their decoding center, and if two cells are off prenatally, this is what research shows, two cells prenatally mixed up, the decoding center can get messed up. And that's where we go from W-A-S-H to the word wash. Now, wash is not a terribly mixed up word, but nonetheless, it is not exactly pronounced the same way it's spelled. Because if we pronounced it the way it was spelled, 
it would be lash. So that's a perfect example. And it's actually not everyone can read it because it's actually the W is a W and the W sound. But here's where it hangs up. The A is not actually an A. It's actually the short O. And I use the short and the long because that's the easiest way to look at it. The short, complete sound and the long, drawn-out sound of the vowels. So it's actually like hot. It actually has the sound of hot. Then the SH is actually the sound. But that we have to teach, too, because we have to learn to put the SH together. So the sounds of words would look at that word and, and would help the students write the word out into its sound spelling. And, and the book teaches how to do that step by step. So, Anita, what exactly do the students write when they're decoding wash? Suppose they don't know the word wash. So, they begin by writing the word itself, the written word, and that's done by me saying, okay, I want you to write the letter that says wa. If they have a problem with that, then I can say it's a W. But they're hearing the sound and they're thinking. So it's it's starting to the whole process, the whole phonics process. Now, interestingly enough, I will say this. If they're stuck with what is W, which sometimes they are, you can actually use the alphabet and have the alphabet chart for them and, and point to the letter and say, there it is. And you can also, if you're teaching the alphabet, and I've done this because I had a group of students that didn't know the alphabet, so I could actually teach them the alphabet using WASH. At least I could teach them the W. And the way I would do it, with, if they didn't know how to write W, and if I said, look at the alphabet and follow W, and they didn't know the, the W, then we could sing the alphabet song until we get to W, and then we could write W. So you can go back as far as you need to, or you can go up as far as you need to. If the student could actually write the word, you'd just say, okay, let's write this word. Wah, and they'd write W. Then you'd say, okay, write A, and they'd write A, but maybe they wouldn't know it, so you'd have to help them the A is the A short sound. And I always do the short sound actually first because that's the hardest. And actually, I could say A or I could say A. And then they could write A. Mm -hmm. And then we'll do So they've written the word. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now they write the word again next to it. Wa, A, or S. So now let's look at what we've written and let's see how it relates, the sound relates to the written spelling. So we're going to mark up the second wash that we've written. And the W here is just a W. It's just the W. And W is not hard at all. So we just say, okay, that's, that's W. Now, 
let's find the pattern here. Let's find the vowel consonant pattern. So we have A is vowel, and S is consonant, and H is consonant. But obviously, this individual's brain isn't, so we're helping it do it, the decoding center. So, okay, so that's the W and the SH, and that's fairly simple, but there it is. Now, a short A as it could be, because it's followed by the consonant. And by the way, this is, this is one syllable. So we can actually mark it one syllable. And like I said, the book shows how to do this. It doesn't show wash, but it shows one word and that I've got a sample that shows the short A becoming the ah sound. But we're going to do it nonetheless. We will write over top of the A a short O, the O with the short mark over it. So here we have the word. Now, right below it, we can copy the W, accent mark, and the slash. And there it is. Now we can sound it out. Now, if they're having a problem with the short O, we can always say hot. Ah, ah. And help them that way. But the thing is, as you do this, you are repeating these sounds repeatedly over and over, and they're picking it up because you're breaking it down enough that they can pick it up because the decoding center gets overwhelmed for them. So if you break it down enough, they'll get it. So then they, they you say, okay, let's sound the word out now. So they go, wah. Wash. Oh, so that's the word wash. And a light bulb comes on. And I think the decoding center probably lights up. So that's how it works. You know, those of us that have, have taught students reading, it's hard for us to, to remember how to go back to that very initial learning stage, right? I mean, it's hard for us to remember all the things we did to decode ourselves. So I would imagine this is very helpful to them to kind of get some support in, in breaking down. Is it the phonetics of, of the words for the students? Yes, yes. I don't know if you, you know of the research, but research is, is continually being done. But it was done. Dr. Sally Shaywitz did a book called Overcoming Dyslexia in 2003. And she did research. Functional MRI, functional magnetic resonance imaging to find out what was going on with decoded words. She came up with the speech sound awareness area, the sound symbol associations area, the language comprehension area, and letter pattern recognition area. And there's a fascinating book that's gone off of this that was published in 2010 called Reading in the Brain. That's Stanislas de Haan, another part of the world, I think. But anyway, it's a fascinating book. These are fascinating books. But what's fascinating is that when you break this stuff down, when you make this universal word, it works for every word, it's explicit instruction, it's individual, it's concrete. It really helps the students go from 
probably very confused to proficient and they're not going to forget wash or hot or the ah sound after this exercise. Yes. The decoding center has got to work. In order to learn a word, you've got to go from speech sound awareness to sound symbol association to the language comprehension to the letter and pattern, letter pattern recognition. And you go one, two, three, four, the natural reader will do it. And if you really want to learn a word, you do all of that. And where it gets hung up the most is that second center. And that's what we're doing here. We're working with that center. The sound symbol center? Yes. Sound symbol. Phonics processing. Yes. It's good to know the speech sound awareness before you get there. But if you're stuck there, you can use this to teach that too. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> tell us those decoding centers again. You said there's four of them. What are the four? To learn a word. It's actually word learning. And this is the natural process of word learning. There's the speech sound awareness, which is phonological processing. Then there's the sound symbol associations area, which is the phonics processing. And that's what the sounds of words works with. Then there's language comprehension, which is the context and meaning processing, and letter pattern recognition, which is the storage of printed word images, and which is the orthographic processor. And the interesting thing is that I came up with this because I had students who I was trying to teach to read and they just weren't getting the words. And so then I had Anne and Anne was an adult who'd never learned to read and she saw her children following along in the same process problems. And by the way, this, it turns out, is what we are calling dyslexia. And this is 1979 when I'm working with Anne, and I don't know what to do to help her, but I'm determined to try to learn because I need to learn how to teach these children these words that they can't learn. And I'm thinking maybe working with Anne together, we can figure this out. So I quickly learned that Anne loses it between the first letter and the last letter of the word. So I learn about multisensory teaching, and I think maybe if I take the process and I use pencil and paper to show her, and I mark it for her, I mark the word for her, you know, maybe she can get it that way. So I do that, and she starts learning the word. She is able to get from the first letter of a small word like wash to the last letter, and it makes sense. So I say, okay, this is good. So this is the way we're going to do it from now on. We're just going to go through all the words the way we need to go through the words. However we need to go through them, we're going to do it. So we do it. So she starts reading, and, and basically she's not reading. She's very, very bright. She's learned to get around it. She's learned to survive but she can't read. So she actually starts actually reading. It's so good. So that's when I know this is working. 
Anne was an adult, you said. So have you focused this methodology mostly on teaching adults or teaching students that are (laughs) behind in their reading? Like, who have you used this process with? Everybody. Every age I have worked, I started out with with Anne. I worked with children. I worked with little children. I taught the alphabet, everything. People are complaining. Parents are complaining because their children aren't learning to read. They will with this method, honestly. Because what you do is you, you break it down to the point. You don't break it down any more than you have to. But you break it down to the point where they get it. And once they get it, then they'll start picking up stuff that they should have been picking up. And then you can speed up and you can do all manner of things. It's an amazing. It's amazing because what what happens is you're in the decoding center and you're doing what needs to be done in the decoding center. So therefore, once you get what needs to be done in the decoding center, you're working with all these the other centers and they're learning the words. If you go on learntoreadnow.com, there's research and information, and it's a paper that I wrote, and it talks about Anne, but it also talks about other students, and it also talks about Joe, and Joe was my hardest student, because before Joe, I'd never had a student that the sounds of words wouldn't work with pretty quickly. Joe, it took him a while, and I did other stuff with him to help him, but it took him a while, but he finally got it too. So that that's when I knew that it was a good thing for the person that struggled the hardest. But what happened with Anne was, to get back to her, she said to me, can I learn to do this? Because I was doing it for her. And she said, can I learn to do this? And I said, I don't know. You want to try? She said, yes. So that's how the whole process started. And eventually, I had a little boy who had hearing impairment, and so we knew that he was going to have a lot of problems, so I made up this little book for him. Then I got a copyright for the book, and the book published in 2000 or 2001. Anyway, that's the whole story, but it is. It's exciting. It's good, and it works because it works so individually, and it's so explicit. It doesn't assume anything. Let me ask you this, Anita. How does this work in a classroom with 30 students? Have you tackled this strategy in that environment? Have you pulled students individually? Or can you do this in small groups? Or can you do it with a whole class? Well, actually, if the class is about the same place where they need to learn this stuff, you could do it with everybody. You just do it on the board or in a common area where they can see it, but they do it. The key is they do it. You do it, but they do it too. And they do it all. They do whatever they need to do to get it. And the beautiful thing is too, there are only so many patterns. There are only so many vowels. There are only so many vowel sounds. There are only so many consonant sounds. So as you learn, you know, one word, you're learning a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> so it, it applies. It actually speeds up. You start out real slow, slowly mm-hmm. rather, but it actually speeds up because the students or student picks it up. 
Here at Ed Curation, we have a number of teachers and educators that listen to the show and, and are trying to learn about new resources out there that might help them. Who would you recommend check out the sounds of words? Anyone who knows anyone who is having problems with the word learning process. Spelling, if somebody has problems with spelling, there's a little glitch there. So take them back with the sounds of words and get rid of the glitch. And that spelling area, which, by the way, is the last area. People have problems with the, what they call the sight words. Well, there aren't really sight words, because if so, wash would be a sight word. But it's really not a sight word because it needs to be learned phonetically. So anybody that's having problems, you know, learn the method, find the student, break it down as far as you need to break it down, take them back as far as you need to take them back, but don't take them back any further than you need to take them back, and don't take them back any further any longer than you need to take them back. Just take them where they need to be then, teach them, then move on. Because <laughs> I learned that with Ann. I took it too slow with Ann, too slowly with Ann. And I had to leave Ann. I, I moved and I had to leave Ann. And I didn't get her as far. But I learned after that, or I learned as I was working with it, that whatever text is needed, whatever word is needed, whatever word is wanted, teach them the word. So they can move on. Yeah. Anita, that makes a lot of sense. Well, it has been wonderful talking to you today and learning about a very deliberate decoding strategy that teachers can use to help any reader who's struggling with decoding that you've written about in your book called The Sounds of Words. And you have your website, learntoreadnow.com. You have your Facebook group, your Facebook page called The Sounds of Words, where you're helping international students and teachers learn English better. And so, gosh, I wish you all the best of luck. I'm excited to share this strategy with our reading teachers throughout the country and throughout our international community as well. Thank you so much. Yes, and thank you. And I will say that if you want to see where we're playing with words, we're not doing the whole process, but we're playing with the words on facebook.com, the sounds of words. And you can actually play with the process there if you want to. Great. Thank you for (laughs) sharing that. Thank you for listening to Ed Curation. We hope you learned something today about a curriculum resource that produces fresh, lively, and authentic learning. Check out edcuration.com to find out more. That's E-D-C-U-R-A-T-I-O-N dot com.